Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Friday morning. We are going to catch you up on all of the NBA action from Thursday night here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I am Jared Weiss. I am joined by the biggest Waz. What's going on, Waz? What's going on, my brother? I'm here. I'm chilling, man. I'm happy to be back, of course. All right. Well, we got lucky because we got Brian Smith here making sure everything sounds clean. And we did not have some fun games in the early East Coast slot, but at least we had some good ones here to close it out. So before we get to those games, I want to make sure that you don't miss out on the exclusive in-depth coverage that you can get from The Athletic. Subscribe now and save by going to theathletic.com slash daily ding, where you can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. So coming up on today's show... The Portland Trailblazers survive the Philadelphia 76ers. We're going to break that down here in the A block. Steph Curry went absolutely insane. And over in Boston, the Celtics win returning from the road trip. But we got to start off here with the most exciting game of the evening. That was the Blazers beating the Sixers 118 to 114. Seth Curry, he had a three to tie it up with just a few seconds remaining. The Blazers had a play to on the inbounds after that, and they didn't even really get to run it because Tobias Harris ran into Carmelo Anthony, who hit the free throws to cap off an incredible fourth quarter, and then Robert Covington stole the inbounds that Philly was making so that they could try to tie the game up, and it was over from there. So, Waz, let's, let's go to Carmelo first. This guy went absolutely insane in the third quarter, and especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, in the third quarter, he made a couple of mid-rangers, had a three, and it was at an important time in the game, right? It gave Portland a little breathing room when it felt like Philadelphia was about to sort of take control of the game, and and the mellow units haven't always been grand for Portland, right? Especially when he's playing next to somebody like Enos Cantor. When you think about Melo's defensive output at this point, it's not much. But he still can give you some offense, especially when he shakes loose. Got some open mid-rangers, like I said, and he continued to score and touch into the fourth, which is always fun, Jared, because I know I'm going to wake up to a few New York Knicks fans texts anytime Melo does something positive. So, you know, it was cool to see him turn back, back the clock, if you will, in the second half of the third quarter and into the fourth, culminating in him drawing a foul on Portland's most important offensive possession of the game. Which, you know, whatever, you could call that a foul on Tobias Harris, but it just stinks that a game that tight gets decided that way. But, you know, you got to tip your hat off to Melo. But more importantly, man, I got to give it up to Dame Lillard. I say it all the time. He's he's the model superstar in our game, I feel like. You know, just the things that he represents to Portland just as an unflappable sort of omnipresent person right like all these people go down and it's not like Portland shot out the gate and Dame's like we're not going anywhere they beat what is ostensibly allegedly one of the championship contenders in this league twice in a week and they are losing guys left and right CJ McCollum before he went down Jared he was the best player on this team he was playing the best ball on this team, and they lose him, and they just kind of keep on chugging, just keep on plugging along, all because of the efforts of, of Dame Lillard. He doesn't have a good shooting night, you know, 6 of 21, 4 of 11 from Trey, but he gets to the line 15 times, knocks down 14 of them. Man, he's just 30 points anyway. And, you know, that's before you even get into his floor generalship. It's just amazing, you know. It's just amazing what he's been able to do to watch him do it under the circumstances. 
Yeah, he had 30 and 7 in 36 minutes. I mean, he's basically hit the averages you're expecting, and that's on a down night, but that's the the will to win right there. I mean, to, to shoot 6 for 21, but then still get to the line 15 times to really offset a poor shooting night, that's what you're looking for in your superstars. And obviously, this is a team where Dame is it's, it's as heliocentric as it can get pretty much as far as star power right now with CJ out, which you're right, it is such a shame that CJ is out because he was probably having the best year of his career. I think he was on pace for a 50-40-90 season. He was scoring in, I, I think it was the mid to high 20s. And this is at the highest volume of threes of his career. He made a concerted effort in the offseason to say, I'm going to shoot more threes this year, even though he's a mid-range killer. He's not one of these guys that you're like, oh, I don't want him shooting a mid-range because it's inefficient. No. <laughs> he's one of the, the best mid-range shooters in the world, right? And he made a concerted effort to just bomb more threes to open things up for the offense. And he was killing it, man. It's, it's tough. I can't wait for him to get back. Well, you know what? Ben Simmons, he was out there and he was making stuff happen because he had 23 points. He went 10 for 12 from the field, 11 boards, nine assists, and only one turnover. You know, as far as how to optimize Simmons around this team, it felt like this was kind of the perfect fit. Yeah, you know, it's funny, man. Um, they finally put some shooting around this team in the offseason. Um, go figure. <laughs> you know, two guys who make their living in the paint, you surround them with shooting and see what happens. But it's working out for him. And, yeah, this is the pl platonic idea where, you know, he can attack mismatches down low when the time comes. He can attack and transition. That's where he's at his best, both passing and, you know, on the move trying to get to the cup. And, you know, this is just the ideal version of him attacking the glass. He, he just looked great. Of course, his running mate, Joel Embiid, had a great game. I think the bench units kind of sunk this team tonight. But Embiid was incredible. He was spectacular. 13-25 from the field. Dropped 35 points. Pretty good on defense. I think Portland's the type of team, because of Dame and his ability to spread you out, is the type of team that can hurt Embiid at times and I think you saw that tonight when he got out in space but overall he's had he had an amazing night and you know and a performance worthy of somebody who's an MVP candidate when you're losing the game and you're still putting up MVP level numbers that's how you actually win the award right and we're seeing Embiid continue to do it the consistency is there but we can't go without shouting out Gary Trent Jr., who was really instrumental in this win. He just, he really made it rain. It was five for seven. was really coming through attacking or getting those spot ups whenever the team like kind of really needed it most. It was, he was there in those moments where they really needed it, especially kind of earlier in the game. Yeah, we saw so many <laughs> aberrations in the bubble, right? Things that you couldn't be sure were real or fake because of the, you know, the the extenuating circumstances that that were the Orlando bubble and Gary Trent was one of those things and we were like is he actually is this guy actually a player and it turns out that he is like he's proven that he belongs in the league he's a quality NBA player and that jump shot is about as real as it gets he's a player and he crushes a lot and the Blazers crush the Sixers on the play that mattered and they win 118 to 114. The Warriors, they win. They beat the Orlando Magic 111 to 105. Steph Curry, 40 points. Was what the hell? He's on fire. There's just no other way to put this. The guy has just been 
out of his mind. He can't miss right now. He's in a zone. He's as good as he's ever been. The explosion is there. His ability to get separation off the dribble on those step backs is just, I don't think he had that back in 2016. And it's just such a lethal weapon right now. Because it's like, if Steph's just going to get separation off of the dribble against anybody, like the, the key is not letting him get it off at all. But if he's getting generating enough torque and separation off the dribble on these step backs, just watch out. And again, the Orlando Magic are a decimated, depleted team. And they're not great even when they're at full force. And Steph has to score 40 for the Warriors to make this thing happen, right? Like, it shows you the level to which Steph is playing at. Like, the guys around him are not great. But Steph has just been sublime. And he's playing at an MVP level. I don't know that he's going to get the requisite win amounts that it generally takes to get you the MVP. But his play in a vacuum is of an MVP level so far this season. It's been incredible to watch. Not only is his usage and his energy and activity level is as high as it pretty much has ever gotten, but the team is just so centrally focused on working around him that he's getting the the looks that he needs. It's, you know, it's very clear that he's not playing on a team with Klay Thompson and Kevin Durant anymore. You know, this team would probably be a little bit better if he was, but it's allowing him to go off. And, you know, when you th- consider that 57-point game that he had at Dallas a few was it on the six, so a week ago, he's averaging 37.8 points per game in his last, last six games. And that's not even a far departure from what he was doing before that. I mean, this guy is just maybe having his best year ever from a scoring perspective. It's hard to imagine. Maybe he's just like, he's at his peak still, I guess would probably be the best way to describe it. But we really saw it in this game. And the gravity that he's creating, it allowed Draymond Green to just kind of like roll to the rim uncontested, like three or four times there in the second half. And it was amazing that Golden State or that, that Orlando was just so close in this game, considering how much Steph, both with his own shooting and his gravity, how much it just tore them apart. But give credit to Nick Vucevic, who just continues to fight to getting 20 and 13 every single night yeah it wasn't his most efficient night let's not you know let's be honest here he he was 8 of 23 from the field he did splash three three pointers but you know 8 of t- 25 points on basically 26 shooting possessions when you count the free throws not anybody's ideas of a great night but you know he fought he made them have to stay honest defensively and opened it up for the guys around him but it's just Orlando is just when Terrence Ross is taking 27 shots in a game for your team and much respect to Terrence Ross but like He's not a 27-shot type of guy, right? <laughs> um, when that's what you're dealing with as a team, um, you know, you just got to throw caution at the wind and hope that something good happens for you. And just unfortunately, it wasn't their night tonight. Yeah, so Vucevic and Ross, they combined for 16 for 50 from the field. The Warriors, they shot 20 for 50 from three. And you know what? Shout out to Andrew Wiggins who was really aggressive in transition in the second half, which was really big for the Warriors, kind of avoiding going into some pitfalls when Steph wasn't making it rain at that particular moment. And then Juan Toscano Anderson, who continues to thrive in his starting role, even if the numbers aren't huge. He went 4 for 10 in this one. But, I mean, there was this one play where they were running in transition. He's wide open and gets the ball, and 
Orlando's trying to recover to him. They kind of recover to him. And as they're slowly making their way over, he throws it across the court. And who comes in from out of screen to catch the ball? Steph Curry, who gets the wide open three. It's just, it's so great to see how Toscano Anderson, who we've been talking about a lot on the show, has just integrated himself so effectively into this Warrior system so quickly. Yeah, I mean, he's a Rudy figure. <laughs> if he were white and went to Notre Dame, they'd be making movies about this guy. <laughs> I, I promise you. But no, it's been, it's always cool to see these stories, right? These sort of come out of nowhere stories. And it's just like, wow, he's making his way in the league. And maybe he will become a regular in the league and a rotational guy. So it's beautiful to see guys living out their dreams and that coming true. And Andrew Wiggins, of course... Gotta admit, man, he's been fine this year. Obviously, he's not playing up to his contract, right? Like, the guy's making 30-plus million a year. Um, That's something you would expect a borderline all-star, borderline, you know, franchise piece type of guy to make. But he's been solid. He has not been a bad player this year. He's been a solid player. He's been better than I anticipated he would be in Golden State. So, shouts to him. He had another good game. You know, get, got out in transition, made a couple of threes. You know, played passable defense. He, he was a good wing tonight. So, shouts to Wiggins. The way I said it the other night is he is a patently average starting wing now. He is, like, right there in the middle of where you would expect a starting wing to be. And it doesn't look good if you're a former number one pick or if you're making max money. But... It's enough. It's it's enough for him to be usable. That's all that's all that they want, really. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's get to some news. We had a bunch of small things, nothing too crazy. Uh, The Wizards, they have been granted a disabled player exception for Thomas Bryant, who unfortunately is out for the year, obviously. The Raptors, they announced that they're going to finish this season in Tampa, where they have been obviously playing this entire time. Carl Anthony Towns, he finally returned to the floor for the Wolves. He has been out with COVID for a long time now and revealed that he had some pretty severe symptoms as he was dealing with it. Everyone here, obviously, 
obviously knows how serious COVID has affected him and his family. If you haven't read about it, be sure to go to The Athletic, where John Krasinski, our Wolves writer, has really done a tremendous job covering that whole saga. The tighter health and safety protocols have been extended further until the All-Star break, as reported by our Shams Charania. Jaleel Okafor, who is in Detroit now, I think, he is out for six to eight weeks after having a small procedure on his knee. And most importantly, the All-Star game is happening for some reason, but you know what? At least we're going to get a dunk contest and other events for the All-Star game. So it looks like a dunk contest may be happening at halftime. I'm down for that. The idea of doing the dunk contest during the All-Star game, especially now with the uh, with the Elam ending, the All-Star game is actually worth watching for a change. I think it'll be pretty fun. Get to our last game of the evening. The Celtics beat the Raptors 120 to 106 with a wire to wire win. This was an interesting game because Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum combined eight for 27 from the field, but then they also combined for 19 assists. And it was Kemba Walker who finally had a solid shooting night. He had 21 points when five for eight from deep, but it was the supporting cast of Shemi Ojale who got the start in this game. He had 24 points on six for eight shooting. That was a career high for him. And then Peyton Pritchard, who's finally back in the rotation after spraining his knee, he also went six for eight from the field, or from three rather, and he had 20 points as well. So how does the Celtics team look when Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown aren't doing pretty much the entire scoring? Not great, right? Like they don't look like a team that's going to threaten for the championship. That's for sure. But if you're a good team, you can afford to have two of your best players not look like world beaters and still come out on top, right? Especially against a team, a middling opponent like the Raptors, right? I think it is cool to see Ojale regain the touch after starting the season really hot and people saying, wow, is this the year that he discovers his touch from range? And it's, it's so funny because a lot of these defensive guys, Jared, you say to yourself, man, I'm going to take a flyer on this guy. And one day, he's going to get a passable jump shot like a Bruce Bowen, like a P.J. Tucker, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And you hope that it happens. And for a while, it looked like that would be the case for Ojale this year. But he's come back down to earth. And, you know, it's still nice to anytime your role players can pick you up and carry you to a victory. Now, Pritchard, I've made a choice for myself to not get too wrapped up into a Kevin Pritchard type doing what he's doing in Boston. But it's nice. <laughs> it's nice to see what he's done throughout the course of the season. Like the fact that he's one of their most reliable people from downtown already, um, I think just speaks volumes to, you know, his contributions to the team. And it's it's dope to see, honestly. Just to further your point, you just called him Kevin Pritchard, the GM Whoops. for the Pacers. So that <laughs> you know what, that wasn't even a mistake, right? That I think that made the point pretty clearly. But it's funny. I uh, well, the the Athletic has this tremendous beat writer uh, that covers the Celtics. I can't remember his name, but he wrote in a story after the game about how not only has Pritchard become the official six man of the Celtics, like it's very clear he is their six man. They need him to step in and either run off. Wait till them crowds come back, Jared. <laughs> oh God, <laughs> they're going to be screaming his name from the rafters. That's for sure. Yes. But he's filling whatever role they need him to. He's playing really nicely off the ball. This was a game where he wasn't really running point very much, but he was catching the ball. He was swinging it. He was attacking and kicking it out. And this was a great example of the Celtics offense operating as it's, as it really should, where they're getting lots of drive and kick action and Tatum and Brown are getting doubled and they're just finding their teammates pretty easily for wide open shots. 
this has been the kind of offense that they've been kind of waiting the whole year to really see, but you're not going to get six for eight shooting nights from Ogilvy and Pritchard on a pretty consistent basis, obviously. And you're obviously not going to win against most teams when Brown and Tatum are shooting so terribly from the field. This was like a great process, but not quite full results uh, kind of game for this team. But it's clear that they're still a team just trying to stay over 500 at this point. A couple of things sort of dawned on me as I watched this game. I was somebody that thought Boston would get rid of Toronto in you know five games because of what you saw throughout the course of this game right it's like firepower wise offensively you like Toronto doesn't have the horses to generate quality looks and possessions on a consistent basis against some of the best defenses in the league right like you just wouldn't expect them to and this game sort of lived out what I thought would happen in the playoffs last year, but when instead what happened was a knock them out, drag them out, seven-game series um, that that was, you know, one, one of the best series of last year's playoffs. And number two uh, on this Raptors team, they make me think of Utah in the sense of last season, we went into the season thinking the Jazz were going to be one of the top teams in the West that the Conley thing, the Bogdanovich thing, was going to elevate them to a status that their offense had never seen. They, they've had elite defenses for years, and their offense just you know could never catch up. And finally, with those additions, that they would meet those expectations, right? And it didn't quite happen last year for them, but this year we're seeing it. They're becoming the team that a lot of us thought they were going to be last season. Whereas the Raptors went into last season, we all had very low kind of expectations for them losing Kawhi Leonard, you know, championship hangover type of thing. It's like, yeah, the Raptors are nice, but they don't quite have the juice to be a team that's going to matter this year. And they did the opposite. They blew our freaking doors off with the amount of success that they have culminating and taking this very Celtics team to seven games in the second round and looking damn good doing it. And then this year, we're seeing them be the team that we thought they would be last year. It's it's just crazy how that corrective has sort of happened for both teams in the opposite direction. Um, I wonder what they're going to do. I just find them fascinating. Their GM refuses to sign a deal. They have guys on their team, specifically Lowry and Van Vliet, who real teams or teams that think they're really are on the cuffs would kill to have on their roster, right? Like, I'm thinking about a Lowry or Van Vliet on a Clipper team, on a Sixers team, on a Bucks team. Like, my Lord, would those teams be so much more scarier with one of these type of guys? Not that they have the pieces to make it work, but they're the type of guys that any serious contender or contender-ish type of teams would kill to have on their roster. And they're sort of in a rut, aren't going nowhere. Giannis already signed. Rudy Gobert already signed. So they don't have the sort of free agent hopeful stuff. It's interesting to see what they're going to do as the season goes on, though. Shemmy Ogilvy is a free agent next year. So oh, Lord. There's always that. <laughs> All right, well, that's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows that we have across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show. We have No Dunks. We even still have House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget that you can follow us on the app where you can get notifications for new episodes and you can utilize the podcast episode comment section. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. Get a subscription today 
at theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know when these promos end, just like you never know where the Raptors are going to go. So get there soon. Thank you, as always, for waking up with us. Talk to the ding-dongs, Waz. Well, if you like it, then you should have put a ding on it.